Hi, Brian Roten, Senior Reporter with Hotel News Now. I'm here with Ray March from Pebblebrook Hotel Trust at the NYU Conference. Ray, thank you so much for being with us here today. Uh, thanks for inviting me, Brian. Uh, I've been covering Pebblebrook for, for years now, and uh, you know I've been reaching out to you time to time, bugging you with questions and things like that, and it, it's finally great to, to have you here in person so we can, we can chat about what's been going on with the REIT. Pebblebrook's a really interesting uh, company. I mean... Uh, the acquisition uh, with 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 LaSalle and and looking at the merging of these uh, portfolios and just seeing how that worked, it was you know really fascinating to see how that worked, especially with you know what was uh, at the time a bit of a bidding war too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a uh, certainly interesting time, and um, I, I learned a lot. It was certainly one of those unique experiences to, to go through, and um, uh, we still believe it was a you know great acquisition for us and what it did for our portfolio with. Uh, expanding in, in um, several resort markets, which we didn't have exposure in, as well as increasing in some of the r- urban markets that are that are continue to do really well. Now, the timing was actually not ideal timing with the, uh, we completed the acquisition in the uh, end of 2018, and then we all, of course, know what happened in uh, 2020 with the pandemic. Um, but we're excited where, where the direction of, of where the industry is going, where our portfolio is going. A lot of the uh, capital that we've invested over the last several years Although the returns have been put on hold during the pandemic, as everything is starting to reopen, we're seeing a good um, a trajectory where uh, of return rates going up and, and cash flows going up at the at the properties. Yeah, a couple of things there that I want to go back to. I mean, uh, bringing you know the LaSalle portfolio over and, and talking about having the the resorts coming into your portfolio. That was something that you guys really leaned into over the last couple of years and, and really picking up the the, the leisure side. Uh, on top of what you already had, but really going into resorts, and we, we saw that with some of your your acquisitions too. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, uh, certainly as as has been the case for the hotel industry since the recovery, it's been the leisure that's been leave, leading this recovery. Um, so uh, any of the resort properties and uh, properties in some belt states that are uh, whether whether there have been performing better. So um, our legacy uh, resorts uh, have been leading the growth over the last couple of years. And, and then um, since the pandemic, we've acquired uh, several resorts, the Margaritaville in Hollywood, Florida, um, Jekyll Island in Georgia, Estancia in La Jolla, um, uh, also Newport Harbor in Newport Island, um, uh, on the Goat Island, and then the Inn on Fifth in Naples. Um, so those, those properties have really, really driven also a lot of growth. And as we pivoted the portfolio uh, to really now a, a, an equal focus of leisure versus business, and in a way, resort and urban um, versus where we were pre-pandemic, which is more, more of a kind of a 60-40 bend towards uh, business versus uh, leisure. Yeah, you had a lot of exposure in some of the, uh, the urban markets. Uh, uh, San Francisco was one of the bigger ones. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, we, we, we've seen the recovery in, in, in a lot of other markets, but we're starting to see now further recovery in these, you know, urban markets and uh I know San Francisco in particular is a very difficult story there, but mm-hmm. uh, as you're planning out you know, your portfolio strategy over the next couple of years, what are your thoughts on at some point looking at acquisitions in, in, in urban markets again? Sure, at some point we will. Uh, right now, uh, given the significant discount of our share price to our net asset value, uh, the better asset allocation strategy for us at least is to uh, sell assets at market and use some capital to reduce debt 
and some capital to repurchase shares at a, on 50 cents in the dollar of our value of our asset. So uh, we'll continue to, to take advantage of that public-private arbitrage, which is existing in the market, similar to what was happening in 2016 and 2017 when we were also trading at a big discount. Um, and that was also a, a period where in 16 and 17, there was fear of a recession coming, which never happened. Um, now here we are in 2023, and there's a fear of recession that may or may not happen second half of this year, beginning of 2024, who knows? Um, so I think that, that's creating a lot of the, um, the disconnect between our asset, uh, net asset value. But um, overall, that's what we're looking at right now. And then as we, as we the gap narrows, then we'll look at capital for allocating to other opportunities. But, but right now, uh, for us, it's more of a disposition um, focus to um, sell at market and buy back our shares at a big discount. And we'll continue to execute on that as long as it lasts. I mean, the other area that you guys are really focusing a lot of your capital on is, is your redevelopment and your mm -hmm. repositioning program. I mean, it, it's been you guys have been working on this for, for years, repositioning and, and, and renovating your, your portfolio, uh, like hundreds of millions of dollars you know, each year uh, to freshen up these properties to help compete against you know, newer supply. Not that that's much of a, an issue at the moment, but I mean... It seems like you've only increased that uh, that over the the last couple of years uh, through the pandemic, just really reinvesting in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it, it is a a, 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 a strategy we actually had pre-pandemic is mm -hmm. to, and we always found of reinvesting in the portfolio and providing a better guest experience at an elevated quality level generates good ROI. Um, <clears throat> and we had a couple of projects that we started right around the pandemic, but before the pandemic that we finished through um, uh, so our pro portfolio will be largely renovated after this year we're investing 150 million dollars uh, really the headline projects this year are two hotels in downtown San Diego it's the Hilton Gaslamp uh, Hotel across the street from the convention center it's the Solomar com conversion to the Margaritaville in San Diego will be the first uh, Margaritaville there on the west coast um, as well as the Estancia in La Jolla another renovation and on the East Coast, we are renovating uh, Jekyll Island, uh, bringing that to its historic uh, grandeur of how it uh, was previously, and then the uh, Newport Harbor Resort in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. Um, so after this year, we'll, we'll, our portfolio will have been largely renovated and repositioned. Um, we have one potential other redevelopment down the road, and that's our conversion of Paradise Point to, a, to also to a Margaritaville. Um, but that's in process now with uh, you know government approvals and those sort of areas. But yeah, right now we like where our portfolio is at. We've done all the, after this year, all the heavy lifting will be done. Uh, the amount of capital that we'll need to invest will be um, a, a minimal level over the next several years. And we should start getting the benefits of all these uh, capital investments, as you pointed out, that we've made over the last several years, but some of it's been put on hold because of the pandemic. So would that be three Margaritavilles net? If we open the third one up in uh, <laughs> Island, yeah, it's, uh, and we, we, we are a strong believer uh, in, in the concept and the brand. We think they, uh, they've done a great job cultivating a, a strong customer base. That's actually resonated just beyond people who like and know Jimmy Buffett. Uh, people who go to the resort, they have a, an amazing experience. And you look at Hollywood and that, that property there, it's the market leader in, in, that, in, that, uh, in the Hollywood market. It you know, beats the diplomat, it beats the W, um, so it performs very well. Uh, we're expecting similar sort of performance in downtown San Diego. It'll be the only, we think San Diego is a perfect market for a Margaritaville because of the folks that go there for all the variety of conventions and leisure side. 
Um, so we like them, and they've been good partners to work with. They're flexible. They're open to ideas. Um, they seem like they, I mean, it, it seems on brand. <laughs> no, yeah. No, it seems it, they are on brand, and they, um, uh, no, we're, we've, uh, we've liked it, and it's a loyal, very loyal following, and I can tell you, I, I wasn't, I'm not a parrot head, but. I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I do like Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett music. I'm not a big parrot head, but when you go to the Margaritaville, one of the uh, resorts, and you spend a couple of days there, you walk away thinking, I want to come back, and I want to, want to do that. So we're, we're excited about it, and we're, that, that'll be a, a good growth story for us for the next several years. I got to ask, is, is John Boards the parrot head of the, of the, <laughs> in the company? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure a parrot head. He is one now, though. <laughs> he, he did go to a Jimmy Buffett concert, um, and uh, he, he enjoyed that. So, uh, yeah, he's more of a 70s sort of, uh, you know, a rock and roll sort of, uh, uh, sort of a person there. But... Uh, Yes, we're, we're, but hey, look, if it generates shareholder value, we're all parrot heads. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's that's a true, uh, <laughs> true CFO line right there. <laughs> but it, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's always interesting, uh, you know, waiting to listen to your next earnings call and, and, and trying to figure out, okay, what's the, what's the whole music going to be for us this time? Uh-huh. Well, we, we, we have fun with that. We, we, we started it uh, several years ago when uh, like a lot of the investors are. Uh, dialing on, they'll listen to you know all these dozens of, of calls, uh, and they all have the same kind of a elevator mm-hmm. dentist office code for music. And we thought, hey, wouldn't it be kind of fun to just whatever the theme of or the vibe of that quarter have the song? So it makes it a little more interesting when you're sitting on all these calls, and and we have fun with it. And um, um, so it's uh, something we look forward to. And actually, on our on our website, we have a the whole earnings call playlist. We've uh, we curated together and. It's available, so we uh, we like to have fun with these things. I didn't know that. I'll have to go check that out. Uh, but I mean that, but that kind of helps, you know, that illustrates, you know, Pebblebrook. I mean, when you look at Pebblebrook against the other REITs out there, you guys, you're a little bit different in in just the approach and the the portfolio you have. Uh, I mean, you're still a REIT. You mm-hmm. you do all the the REIT things, but there's a, a, a different vibe to the company. No, the, the problem there is certainly, and we, uh, I, I think um, uh, the other, each of the other uh, REITs have their own focus and what they're, um, what they do best and what they know. And a lot of them have the the leaders of those, the management teams of those companies, come from a brand environment. So I think that that's naturally more comfortable um, to them. Uh, we're not, you know, we approach the world from an investor standpoint. We're more um, a generalist in the hotel space, not you know from a a brand there and what we found over time this is something that's been cultivated here over you know a couple of decades is we find that if you if you have the right property in your right location uh, having one of these independent lifestyle hotels you can perform better ultimately in the bottom line now you have to put the right capital in in the right areas you have to have the right management company managing the asset um, in the right position the right approach and the right team of the properties um, but um, it's a lot more uh, fun to have some of those those properties are definitely unique um, uh, in, in all, all regards, and we have a lot more flexibility of what we can do, versus if we have a brand, nothing against the brands, they, they do a great job, and we have we have several brands in our portfolio, um, but you have to follow the, the box, and if you're in the box, great, you can't go outside the box, and um, whereas with the lifestyle hotels, we can kind of do whatever we want. Yeah, uh, not too long ago, I uh, reached out to, to John to talk to him about uh, tree houses, because you guys mm-hmm. have you know, a, a ton over at uh, Skamania and just going into, well, there's also going to be a luxury RV parking. There's going to be glamping. There's going to be 
you know farmhouses and 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 things like that so you guys are taking a you know traditional hotel slash resort model and then you are adapting alternative accommodations into mm-hmm. that so you're, you're you know one of the few you know traditional you know hotel companies trying to do something different mm-hmm. with the the guest experience and i'm just kind of curious like where where else are you guys you know gonna go what 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 other possibilities do you see with you know other hotels in your portfolio sure but we uh we have a handful of other ideas that we're uh working on um and evaluating like it, it starts with john's uh john boards our ceo his background is in development so i think he always views the world of like that of where an asset can go and can be versus what is it today um, so he's great at finding and thinking about some of those ideas and, and pushing and challenging our teams and designers to ask those questions and, and do that so we have a a couple of other uh, opportunities we're evaluating some of those similar uh, um, kind of glamping experiences at Chaminade in, Santa, in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Um, we have some other opportunities that we're, we're looking at and evaluating. Um, but um, again, it's, it's, it's approaching it and understanding, okay, what, what's the asset about what's underutilized real estate, whether that's inside the walls, so making use of, of outlets and meeting spaces that, are, that could be more energized uh, versus what it is but it's also outside the walls. And you look at a lot of these resorts that we've acquired recently, as well as places like Skamania and uh, Chaminade, they have a lot of exterior um, land and unused land, but we have a couple hundred acres in, in uh, at Skamania, so we can do a lot of things there we're testing out. Um, so yeah, we're, we're excited about that because ultimately that's how you grow EBITDA. And at the end of the day, that's where we have to grow um, EBITDA and cash flow for the shareholders and that adds value and, and that's what matters. But it has to be proven out, but we're excited about it. You should come out to, to uh, Scamania and you can check out the tree houses firsthand. It's a, it's a great experience with the campfires and s'mores and all the hiking trails and everything that's, that's going on. It's a really, it's a fun experience and it's a, a unique experience. Yeah, it sounds like a, it sounds like a great time. Uh, wanted to turn, uh, you know, from a you know, very fun subject to something you and I were chatting about before we started here, uh, just, uh, the, the, the conference that you're going to be attending after NYU uh, and, and dealing with some of the uh, financial uh, issues, I mean, for you guys, I mean, for all that you do, you know, it, it's, it's still a challenge in terms of the uh, the debt marks and all that. So um, can you kind of, you know, share with us where where things stand for you and what you guys are trying to work out? Sure. Well, um, well first, it starts with the macro side, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of concern about uh, what what direction that's going to go? Are we going to have a re- uh, recession? Are we going to have? Is it going to be? Is it now? Is it going to be later this year? Is it going to be in the future? And what does it look like? Um, so that's one that that's creating a lot of uncertainty. Certainly in the investment community, um, for a lot of investors today, um, uh, when that's unknown, anything anytime it's unknown to an investor, that creates risk, and maybe they sit on the sideline till there's more certainty about the macro economy. So so that's really that's uh, uh, overall arching theme. What's driving that? So you have that un- uncertainty, which is also spilling over to the banks. The banks are trying to figure out uh, right now, commercial real estate is a big risk with all these law banks. <clears throat> but a lot of commercial real estate really speaks to offices. Um, uh, but in, in general, they're gonna be hard pressed to provide more capital. And on top of that, there was, um, you know, with the um, uh, banking regulators, there's, there's rumors of the um, uh, cash reserves being increased, um, and what that will mean is there will be even less capital available for whether it's real estate or other other sort of means. So, 
Um, with all that uncertainty just means it's important to have good banking relationships. So um, when there are challenges in the world, um, those relationships do matter. That's what we saw from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the folks that had the best relationships got through with the best terms, the ones that uh, viewed their uh, uh, banks and other uh, partners as transactional didn't fare as well. So that's always something that we always you know, value. Um, so we'll have to see. Fortunately, we don't have a lot of debt maturities over the next two years. You recently you refinanced, right? Uh, a couple of your your, your loans you to, to push back maturities. Uh huh. Yeah, we, uh, we 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 saw the world getting a little choppier, so we decided to do that um, last year rather than the waiting. And, for, and we're, it's fortunate because of what's we've seen what's happened in the banking world this year with SVB and some other banks, as well as interest rates and spreads where, mm-hmm. where that's going. Um, so a lot of those, those we extended out of, of about $2 billion of, of debt um, uh, out for several years. But we're still always looking, you know, what, what's going to happen in the next 12, 24, 36 months and start planning for that now. Um, you're always better to um, you know, refinance a loan um, a little bit early than a little bit too late. Uh, because if it's too late, then um, uh, those terms can be used against you. And again, we don't know what the world is going to look like um, out there. but. Um, but again, we feel good. I think what, what the, the hotel REIT model has proven is uh, here it is one of the worst you know, events in the hotel industry the last 100 years, and the, the hotel REITs perform fine um, yeah. because we're able to access capital. If you're on the private side, that's where more of the problems have happened and will be happening here over the next couple of years, especially as more of these debt maturities come, um, come out and there's no uh, debt capital to, to take those uh, maturities down. So, I mean... Once it happens, I mean, that does open up some opportunities then for, for a company like yours if, you know, in a stronger financial position then. I mean, when the right property comes along, if someone else needs to sell, that may work for uh, for you guys. Uh, for us, another uh, REITs are an advantage. If you have capital, uh, it's a big advantage. Now, we don't see it becoming a distress situation, yeah. um, anything like that, because look, in many cases, these the banks will... Uh, work with their existing owners and um, uh, not necessarily extending and, and pretending, but certainly work with them over a period of time. So usually these banking challenges take time, two, three, four years. Uh, that's what's going to happen on the, on the office side. That will happen on the hotel side, and it will create some opportunities. Um, but these things take time to develop. It's not um, all you know all, all at once. But um, yeah, that that wave never really, never really. Uh, Materialized over the last couple of years, like people thought it would. Yeah, I know. There's originally um, <clears throat> there was thought after the GFC that there would be a wave similar to the early '90s with the RTC crisis and what happened there. This one was different and much much more managed. Now it did. There was a slow distress or, distress or slow opportunities that created over four or five years, which we we bought many of our hotels in that in that manner. In fact, we bought some out of out of bankruptcy effectively. But it takes time to go through. So. Um, overall, look, I, I think the other side is positive for the hotel industry, for any of the uh, owners out there, is um, new supply will be very limited for the next several years. It's difficult to get capital to um, buy or to, to build new hotels on the construction financing side. I don't know of a single bank in our bank line that would do any of that right now. Um, and um, so that will create a good environment when the recession is behind us or slow down to where we're in. Um, when you have new supply at less than 1% in almost every urban market, that'll create a good fundamental backdrop for the next several years. I mean, all the more reason to have reinvested in your portfolio. Well, exactly. And then when the uh, the customer is, co- continues to come back, um, you can charge more in your 
hotel and the, as the occupancy is built, that continues to create some pressure. So we're hoping for that. We just, we, uh, it's, we guys need to get all these channels back where business transient is, is coming back. It's still not where it was 2019 uh, levels. Uh, international inbound travel is just coming, starting to come back. It's still very low. Um, so there's a lot of demand um, segments that are nowhere near where they were pre-pandemic. Pre um, leisure is the one exception that's, that's been performing very well, but every other segment, it's, it's slowly coming back. Well, I think that'll take care of it for us here today. Ray, thank you so much for, for joining us and thank all of you for listening. Stick with Hotel News Now for further coverage of the NYU Conference. Thanks, Brian.